Thanks, Rob. It's uh, U2's Joshua Tree that's been on the turntable at home this week, on the vinyl, uh, 30 years since its release, uh, which means it's 30 years since I started uni too. Uh, Sometime back there, lead singer Bono, uh, of Make Poverty History fame also, spoke of the celebrity lifestyle and how many celebs hate the paparazzi. Uh, But he admits if the photographers stop bugging them, then the stars start to worry, quote, There is the syndrome of somebody's not taking my photograph. I don't exist if somebody's not trying to get my autograph. My last album must be rubbish. At an unconscious level, he says, we're attention seekers. And I'm sure I must be one of them. Well, that's honest for a rock star. But it's true of us all. Uh, The Bible Society Cooper's Beer fiasco shows how badly we want to be liked. Preferably by everybody. But sometimes trying to please everyone means you end up pleasing no one. But to some extent we are all attention seekers. We want approval. How many likes have I got on Facebook or Instagram? What about likes in real life? There's no different in matters of religion. Jesus warns us today that we can use religious activity as a way of impressing people, of seeming spiritual and together. Uh, this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verses 1 to 18, looks at three activities. They're found in almost every religion. Almsgiving, prayer and fasting. They're activities that make a person seem religious, spiritually active, impressive. But the key point of this passage can be summed up in three words. Starting with the letter S. Secrecy safeguards sincerity and that summary is not original to me i heard it from ray galea and for all i know he got it from someone else but it sure stuck the idea in my mind i pass it on therefore in matters of spiritual activity secrecy safeguards sincerity see verse one for the principle be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them if you do You'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Beware of publicity seeking uh, when you do your righteousness. Explicit then in each of three examples Jesus gives, secrecy, safeguards, sincerity. Now, when you read this chapter in context, you see the problem is not acting righteously. In chapter 5 and verse 6, Jesus told us that as self-confessed spiritually poor people we should hunger and thirst for righteousness in chapter 5 verse 20 jesus told his followers their righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the pharisees and the rest of chapter 5 showed how jesus wanted maximum righteousness in morality you know in faithfulness in marriage in keeping your promises in loving your enemies he said go the extra mile not bare minimum Observe not just the letter of the law, but the spirit. So the problem Jesus identifies is not trying to act rightly. It's seeking to act righteously so as to impress others. Did you see verse 1? Doing righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Very simple. You do that, 
you'll get what you hope for. You'll get the fickle applause of man. But that's all you'll get. Yet it's God's opinion that matters. We gain his righteousness through Jesus, through seeking Jesus, the perfect example of righteousness. Not through trying to be better than others. Not a competition. You can't compete with Jesus. You can only belong to Jesus. So, do you want to safeguard sincerity in your spirituality? Well, forget publicity while doing your religion. You need to learn to act as if only God were watching, as if you're in secret. The first example Jesus gives, verses 2 to 4, is almsgiving. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, so your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. You know that phrase we have, don't blow your own trumpet. That's what Aussies say, but we do it all the time. Uh, Maybe back then they really were blowing trumpets when they uh, lined up to give their donation at some annual festival. Uh, The footy show says, oh, we thank Mr Smith for his donation of $500 on their telethon. Um, We we say thank you to our gold sponsors for their support. Uh, The old-fashioned, look around St Michael's, the old-fashioned brass plaque on, on donated furniture in churches. Well, Jesus establishes a simple fourfold pattern that he repeats for each of these examples. Number one, he warns us not to do the deed to be seen by others. Number two, he guarantees that if you do that, you'll get what you want, human applause, but nothing more. The idea there is an account stamped, paid in full, nothing more owed. Number three, he then gives alternate instructions on how to act secretly. Number four, he promises our Heavenly Father will see the secret act and reward us. Now that pattern is here and then repeated with prayer and fasting. Look, a couple of specific comments about almsgiving to the poor. The first comment is do it. See on the outline? Do it. You ought to give to the needy. Unless you yourself are in poverty, give as much as you can afford. Not just a gospel ministry, give also to relieve the needs of the suffering. Jesus assumes his followers will give. Verse 2 doesn't say if you give, it says when you give. Verse 3, when you give. James, the brother of Jesus, told Christians, James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Uh, Just uh, this month... Uh, the New York Times reported, I'm quoting, that in a world filled with excess food, 20 million people are on the brink of famine, including 1.4 million children at imminent risk of death. The UN has declared a famine uh, in part of South Sudan. Uh, They uh, say that uh, there's the risk of famine in northern Nigeria, in Yemen, Somalia, Kenya... Uh, Part of the problem for many of those places is violence, civil unrest. Part 
is repeated drought and crop failure. But part, and Bono from U2 once commented about Africans dying, part is it's not a priority for the West. No tears, no letters of condolence, no 51 gun salutes. Why? Because we don't put the same value on African life as we put on a European or an American life. God will not let us get away with our excuses. So we say do it, give to the poor. In Australia, for example, to Anglicare. Overseas, we use Anglican aid. Uh, the current and all the former living Archbishops of Sydney, Glenn Davies, Peter Jensen, Harry Goodhue, Donald Robinson, they united this month to launch the Anglican Aid East African Humanitarian Appeal for food and water for, for the, the drought-stricken um, northern Kenya area and for the South Sudanese refugees who've had to go to camps in Uganda. It's simple, give to the needy. But do it secretly. Don't make a fuss about how much you're giving. Uh, some of you might have heard of that uh, billionaire investor Warren Buffett. Uh, one of the things I like about him, uh, unlike so many, you know, sport, what do sportsmen do if they get sort of the top of their game? They set up a, a charity foundation named after themselves, the Ponting Foundation. Uh, well, Warren Buffett gives to the Bill Gates Foundation. You, you like that? I, I do. He didn't set it up to name it after himself. He, why have a second one? The, the Gates one is fine. The Gates name gets the attention. He doesn't blow his own trumpet. Well, for us, Jesus' point is that what matters is the giving, not being known about. Now, I know sometimes a degree of public knowledge is unavoidable. Uh, it might be the, the bookkeeper issuing a receipt, or, or the tax man, if you claim a deduction. But the deed's not done with that publicity, that knowledge in mind. You, you take steps to do it in secret. You know, uh, we're doing the Aquathon earlier in the year and people gave online. Uh, we can do it anonymously. When it says one hand must not know what the other hand is doing... I don't think it literally means, you know, close your eyes while you're writing the cheque or putting your password in for the online banking, uh, make it hard. Uh, it's just no fuss, not, not even an inner fuss perhaps, uh, not even self-congratulation. Oh, look how much I gave this time. I've surprised myself. We don't turn an act of mercy into an act of vanity, in America, the church uh, management software, the databases, um, not only you know, help us remember each other's phone number, but they can tell the pastor how much every member is giving because in the US you get a tax deduction uh, for it. Well, <laughs> Matthew 6 is why I really like our system. You can get the anonymous offertory envelopes, hiding it. Or when you use internet banking, it, it doesn't have to have your name on it. It can just be anonymous. Now, some of my experienced pastoral colleagues, uh, and I really do respect them, they say the pastor must set the example. You must tell your church how much you give. Uh, on their annual pledge day, they reveal the amount they've given this year. And uh, I've got to know these guys. I have no doubt 
They have a good motive to model generosity and to spur one another on. And they say, it works, it works. Aussies love that. Now, one, the, the pastor I'm most thinking of, I, the more I got to know him, the more I think he does not have a boastful bone in his body. He's a rare man. Because I only feel how tempting it would be to decide the amount in order to justify myself, to feel I have to impress others, uh, at least partly for my look of generosity. And so I find it hard to see how this avoids the warning of Jesus, not to give to be seen by others, where possible to do it in secret. So maybe I I might describe how I think through the process of giving to others but for me personally with my temptations these verses are why I hope you'll never know how much I give not to charity or to the church it's the same with prayer verses 5 and 6 when you pray don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others truly I tell you they've received their reward in full But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen, then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So, once again, firstly, do it. Uh, Secretly, oh yes, but do pray. Verse 5, when you pray. Verse 6, but when you pray. Verse 7, and when you pray. The discipline of regular prayer matters. There is scarcely a page on the Bible where talking to God in prayer is not valued. And the familiar Lord's Prayer here, it it gives us a model. Verse 9, how you should pray. Uh, Sure, you can use the exact words if you like, we do. But in it, Jesus is modelling a prayer is simply talking to Almighty God as your Father. And it's talking to him in normal words about your needs. Things like body, a food for the body, forgiveness for the soul. But before that, before that, it's about aligning yourself with what he wants, his will, the advance of his kingdom. I can't go into more detail about that tonight. But it's encouraging us, pray regularly. Pray expressing your relationship with God. Talking to him says, you know him as your father. Several times, uh, for example, Matthew 14, 23, the Gospels record Jesus went away, getting away to pray, it says. Maybe up on a mountainside alone, for example. And yet, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus also prays in view and in hearing of his disciples. And Paul modelled, recorded prayer for everyone to read in his letters. So, concern with secrecy doesn't mean outlawing public prayers in all those people we've asked to lead in prayer week after week at St Michael's. Have they done the wrong thing? Well, of course not. In fact, praying our Father in heaven might sound silly if we all said it alone. What's Jesus getting at when he says, literally go into the inner room, shut the door, pray in secret? 
It's got to be attitude, first and foremost, the motive. Don't do it to be seen. Don't worry about what others think of you, about how spiritual you sound. Secrecy, safeguards, sincerity. You know, example could be on your church camp. Um, You want to have your daily quiet time of prayer and Bible reading, we'll do it out of sight in your bedroom. You don't have to go and sit on the end of the jetty so everyone can see your spirituality. And when you are praying with others, it's good to do that, but, but don't worry about how your prayer sounds. You know, if you, if you struggle to find the, the religious words or the, the deep words that others seem to just naturally flow off. Philip Jensen, I always remember this story, he says when he was a teenager, um, you know, the old days it was the tradition that all through the Holy Communion part of the service, uh, you would kneel, on the, you know, the, there was the rails to kneel on in church and you'd, you'd be on your knees the whole time. But then he noticed his youth leader stayed on his knees in the hymn after communion. And so guess what, all the other kids started doing it too. Uh, Philip didn't want to seem slack, so he, he just kept kneeling uh, all the time, pretending to pray, thinking, well, what, nerf, what kind of holy thoughts am I supposed to be thinking here? He, he didn't know. It, it, it was just for show. The other thing Jesus says here is to pray simply. Simply, verse 7. When you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Occasionally I get tongue-tied, whether on my own or in a prayer meeting, and just occasionally I say, oh, you know what I mean, Lord. just can't get it out. Jesus is not against persisting in prayer. I don't think he's even against repetition. In Luke 18, verse 1, he told a parable of a persistent widow He said to show we should always pray and not give up. And in the Garden of Gethsemane I mentioned three times he repeated a prayer that his father God might take the cup of suffering away. And yet, just as he taught us in the Lord's Prayer, not my will but yours be done. What Jesus means by forbidding this babbling is well, he wants us to pray simply. Um, even if others are impressed by the length of your prayers or by the fancy words that you use or or repeat over and again, don't kid yourself that God will be impressed. Um, I know this is often how people pray, other religions for example. Uh, Jesus effectively says here, the pagans, he says, not all religions are the same. Now I'm no expert but um, much Hindu or Buddhist prayer or meditation it's mostly just repeating a mantra. It might even just be one special word or phrase repeated again and again. Also, I remember um, an Iranian Muslim man who became a Christian through Bible study at Villawood Detention Centre. And one of the things he shared was that he used to find prayer as a Muslim um, pretty meaningless. He knew he had to do it. Muslims pray a lot. Uh, in that sense, the, the dedication seems admirable. Five times a day, every day, uh, they must stop and do it. But they don't actually really ask 
God for anything in those set prayers. They simply repeat those prayers in ancient classic style Arabic. Uh, Supposedly it's the heavenly language, the only proper language. Uh, The vast majority of Muslims don't really understand it. Uh, They just recite it. And Jesus says, God ain't interested in that sort of praying. Now, when John Stott mentions this in his commentary, he also points the finger back at us. And he says how silly some Christian practices are. Um, You know, some people pray the rosary again and again. Uh, Occasionally, I don't know if, I mean, newspapers are going out of fashion, aren't they? But in the classified section, occasionally you you look at the death notices and the public notices and you'll see something called a novena. Have you ever seen a novena? It's um, Latin for nine. And it'll be a notice that says, if you repeat the exact form of the prayer, and they print it, to such and such a saint, nine times over, then the saint will give you whatever you ask. It turns prayer into a superstition by which we manipulate God. And friends, we Anglicans can face the same danger uh, when we rattle off our set prayers. You know, the confessions on the screen. We do it because we think it can be good, but you should not imagine God will listen if you're praying with your mouth open but your mind's in neutral. It's secrecy that safeguards sincerity. And I just want to say, heart check, if you're not praying at all at home in private, well, it is possible, it is hard, but it is possible that indicates that whatever praying you do with others, your public praying, it could be in danger, but it's just, just for appearance's sake. Talk to a friend. Talk to God about it. Now, the same is true of the third example, fasting, verses 16 to 18. When you fast, don't look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your heavenly Father, to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. If you don't know, to fast is to go voluntarily without food for a portion of time. Uh, As my outline says, third time, do it. Eagle eyes may notice there's no exclamation mark this time when I wrote, do it, unlike for praying and almsgiving. And that little change is deliberate. Yes, Jesus assumes his followers will fast at some stage. Verse 16, when you fast. Verse 17, when you fast. But unlike praying and helping the poor... There is no command to fast anywhere in the New Testament, not one. And in fact, in Matthew 9, verses 14 and 15, we discover his followers were notorious for not fasting. Criticised, in fact, for it. Jesus said the time when they would fast was when he, the bridegroom, was taken away from them. As we look back from this side of the cross it's clearly a prediction about his death and the sorrow 
he's being taken from them would cause prior to the joy of the resurrection. Fasting in the Old Testament was often associated with sorrow at sin. In the later New Testament, there are examples of fasting alongside prayer, for example, before a big decision. But there's no command to fast and there's several commands telling us not to judge others by whether they, what they do or don't eat. I think in a greedy society, uh, food is an uh, idol of our society, Master Chef, uh, we're eating out more and more and more. Uh, the biblical discipline of self-denial might be helpful in regards to food from time to time. You could go without a meal and use the feelings of hunger to reminder to prompt you to pray instead when you feel that hungry no i'm saying do it if you wish but do it secretly once again uh, putting on oil washing your face i think it's the ancient equivalent of you know combing your hair putting on deodorant and um, you know make yourself up as usual to avoid hinting to people that something different's happening something special's going on you know no, no long face going around with that to hint something's up If you choose to give something up during Lent, you know, no chocolate or alcohol during Lent, you don't have to go telling everyone about it. Just keep it between you and God. Why not? I I, I always imagine um, world vision. I guess I can see the problem, but imagine a secret 40-hour famine. That would teach your kids something different, wouldn't it? Secrecy can safeguard sincerity. Now, shortly after I arrived at Karajong, my previous parish as a first-time rookie senior minister, um, the head of the big local Pentecostal church invited me out to lunch and asked our church to join 30 days of prayer and fasting for spiritual awakening in the Hawkesbury. Why? He said we needed a volunteer to cover every single hour, 24 hours of the 30 days. Why? Because if we fail to have a volunteer to cover just one single hour of the 30 times the 24, well, our prayers might not be heard. Which really implied, didn't it, that prayer and fasting were a technique you know, to somehow force God's hand. Do not think you'll be heard because of your many words. <laughs> We might have sort of gone along with it, except that worse still, this pastor said he was wanting to publish the list of the names of who was fasting and which hour they'd volunteered for, in what time slot, so others could pray for the people who were fasting. And I asked about this section of Matthew 6. Why couldn't we just do as Jesus said and keep it secret? And he had no answer, just like it hadn't dawned on him before. I politely said, look, we we won't participate. I did assure him that we regularly, it was our practice at at the church, to pray regularly for the spread of the gospel in the Hawkesbury. Jesus warns us about hypocrisy here. When he does that, he's warning us that there can be no masks with God. Some of you may have heard that the word hypocrite came from the ancient theatre where actors, their their costume was just to hold up a mask to play a part represented by the the face. Of course it's good and proper for 
someone else, uh, you know, to act out the part of someone in a school play. Not so much in real life. Pretending. Not in our spiritual lives, not with God, because he sees us exactly as we are anyway. You know, even if you can fool others, you can't fool God. He knows us better than we know ourselves. It's why our only hope is to appeal to God for mercy, forgive us our sins. Lord's Prayer. The song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Not my righteousness. So we don't need to do the right thing to prove ourselves to God or to be seen by others. It's secrecy, therefore, that safeguards sincerity. The way to avoid masks is to act just as we do if there's no one else around to see us. Uh, The whole social media thing, Facebook, uh, in my case, it's really training us to crave that instant gratification of someone else noticing me, liking my opinion, my status update. We've got to forget the likes, don't we? Fellow attention seekers, do not do your religious activity be seen by others for that status secrecy, safeguards, sincerity. You do what's good for its own sake. Just, it's just right to help the poor. It's, it's just good to talk to God or, or, or to go without food. Dear friends, this impulse is so strong within us. I, I'm doing, I think, I think the, uh, it's what Paul says when he says, I'm speaking like a fool. I just want to... How strong this is. Uh, this week after a function at church, uh, in the hall, I closed up. Uh, as I did so, I, I checked the bathrooms and I could tell that someone had had an accident in there. They'd not been able to clean up the toilet and it was disgusting. It was more than a simple white matter. It took me 15 minutes, it made me late home. You know what the worst thing was? It wasn't the smell. It was that everyone else had gone. There's no one to notice. And I... Crazy, this is my sermon this week. I knew what the passage was and I kind of wanted someone to still be there to see. A senior pastor's not too proud to get down on his knees and... I could have easily left it for the cleaner. We've got a great cleaner at church or probably it would have just been whoever next bloke into the the toilet. I've told you this now. (laughs) I've done it to make a sort of reverse example. I've I've deliberately blown my real reward. Do you see how deeply it gets into us? Jesus doesn't actually specify what the rewards are that God will give for those secret acts of righteousness that no one else catches. And I take it it's because it's not supposed to be some sort of incentive for greed. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ, not by our deeds. And so the heavenly rewards, it's not like speech day with medals for the, uh, the religious ducks, the spiritually sporty. It just says to us, forget the crowds, relax, 
her song once, the audience of one. The pleasure of putting a smile on the face of God alone. To hear the words of Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy.